The following presentation is from Mountain Park Community Church in Phoenix, Arizona. For more information about Mountain Park, along with additional audio and visual teachings, visit mountainpark.org. Good morning. It's great to see you. My name is Don, and I'm sometimes around here when Alan is not. And um, I'm always thankful to be with you. It's a great privilege to be able to spend some time with you in honor. And um, I'm just so excited what God's doing in your church, through your church, and I hope that this Christmas season is a wonderful time. I'd like to uh, today take you back in my life to February 9th, 1971. Some of you weren't even born yet, but 1971, 6 a.m. I'm laying in bed. My alarm has not yet gone off. I've been up most of the night studying for a Spanish exam. I'm a junior in high school. I told my mom I'm going to sleep to the last second and then get to to school and fail my test. But I don't want to have to mess with it. 6 a.m., though, my bed starts to shake. And I'm laying there with my eyes closed going, Mom, I told you, don't mess with me. And I open one eye, and there's no mom, there's no one, and the bed's still shaking, and it's shaking more violently, and it's shaking with, with a sound that I've never heard before. My dresser drawers <clears throat> are falling down, glasses breaking, dishes are falling out of the cupboards. You can hear this groaning from the depths of the earth, and I'm in the midst of the most deadly earthquake to ever hit Southern California. And I'm living in Silmar, California, where the epicenter of this 6.7 earthquake occurred. If you had asked me about it without me ever reading or, under, or trying to, to understand the history of it, you would say, how long did that earthquake last? I would tell you, at least a minute, maybe two. You know how long it t- lasted? 12 seconds. But in those 12 seconds, it destroyed overpasses that were just built over the freeway, the I-5, the 210, the 14. Completely demolished a brand new hospital with no patients in it yet, just barely opening up. In fact, Richard Nixon had come out just a few weeks earlier prior to that to, to christen the new building. 65 people died. One of them, my, one of my good friends in high school's mother, who was just getting off work as a nurse in the, the patio top of the, of, the, of the hospital fell down, killed her. Almost 2,500 people were injured. They had to evacuate all of Granada Hills in the valley and Mission Hills because there was a reservoir that was about to, to burst. And they now say that if, it, if that earthquake had lasted two seconds more, it would have broke the dam and hundreds of thousands of people would have, been di- would have lost and been dead. It was unbelievable time. I tell you that because it was the first time, and I I guess the only time, I knew for certain in my heart the Lord was coming back. I thought Jesus was coming then, that moment. In fact, I just knew if I lay here long enough, the ceiling's going to open up, and I'm going to see him. 
Thank, thank God, I think the ceiling didn't open up, but I kept waiting. Where's he at? Where's he? And so I, I and, and the thing is, after 12 seconds, there was aftershocks completely, one right after the other, after, almost as strong as the, as the first one. And I'm making my way. I want to get to the window because I believe if I look up, I'm going to see Jesus in the sky. I'm dead serious. I think I'm going to see him in the sky. And as I'm looking out the window, I see my dad crawling from his bedroom over to try to get to the gas furnace to turn it off before it blows up. And he looks at me and he goes, what are you doing? And I'm going, the Lord's coming back again, dad. (laughs) And I got as religious as I've ever been in my life. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. I'm looking up there and my dad goes, would you come help me? And I knew for certain, not only did I know for certain that it was going to happen, the amazing thing to me is how I responded, thinking that the Lord was back. I mean, it was pretty amazing to me. And I don't know that every area in my life, every time in my life, I would respond, but I was ready. I mean, to tell you, I was ready, ready, ready. For one thing, I didn't want to take the Spanish test, but I was ready for the Lord to come back. We had just had a youth convention, a, a winter youth camp, and, and, and Jesus showed up. And I mean, he grabbed a hold of our lives. And we had all these high school kids from all over Southern California. And I mean, it's like revival had broke out. We just stayed and we sang and we sang and we sang and, and we worshiped God and we cried and we repented and we gave testimonies. And I mean, I, I, I was just completely washed and clean. I was, I was as clean of, of, of sin. I mean, I, no guilt, no shame. I mean, I, the grace of God was so real. I felt him with me. I mean, he was so real, we decided we're going we're gonna to change Southern California for, for Christ. And we decided one way we're going to do it, we don't want to be like the Jesus freaks, but we're gonna do, what we're going to do is we're going to carry a little New Testament in our, in our pockets. And anybody that sees it, then we'll talk about Jesus. And I bought this little New Testament, I stuck it in, in the, I wore a t-shirt back in those days with a pocket, put it in there, and I, off to school I went, and my friends made fun of me. We'd get around in a corner every day before school, and everybody would just make fun of you, what you're wearing, what your hair looks like, and all that kind of stuff. And what do you, did you bring cigarettes, Don? Oh, no, it's a Bible. I mean, they would let me have it, and, but I'm standing up for Christ. I'm just, I'm telling you. I mean, there are other times in my life when I'm not real sure I was ready for Christ to come. I mean, there are times when, when sin was a big deal in my life, but not that time. It's kind of weird, not in high school. It, not until I went to Christian college did I really get into that kind of thing, but... <laughs> But at, the, at this stage of my life, man, I was, I was ready. I was ready. I tell you that because as we close out the, the 40 foundational verses of Scripture that you've been going through, and as we, we close the, this portion of the story and get ready for the Christmas season, we go to the book of Revelation. And the Scripture that is before us is out of the 22nd chapter of Revelation, verse 20. And it says this. Yes, I'm coming soon. He who testifies to these things says, yes, I'm coming soon. This is in red letters, if you have a red letter. This is Jesus talking. Yes, I'm coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Now, if you think about this whole story that you've been going through from Genesis to Revelation, you're coming to the end of the story. And if you go to the book of Revelation, it's different because it's unveiling. It's a revelation of Jesus. It's unveiling Jesus over and over and over again. But it's not unveiling him like you've seen earlier in the New Testament. It's not baby Jesus. 
It's not cuddly six to seven pound Jesus that you hold in swaddling clothes. It's not even tender Jesus and compassionate Jesus. This Jesus that starts to unveil is King Jesus. Now, instead of being wrapped in swaddling clothes, he has a white robe. He's riding a stallion. He has a sword coming out of his mouth, fire flying from his eyes, and he is there to conquer every enemy, and he is to grab his bride, his church, and take them to heaven and live forever. And that just comes out in all this beautiful poetic language and apocryphal language. And as you get into that 22nd chapter, it's like, boom. It just, uh, the brightness of Christ is so bright, you don't even need the sun and the moon anymore. And it describes heaven, and it describes his power, and it describes his strength. And then it says, and he shall reign forever and ever. The last six verses of that chapter. And you would think, well, the story's over, the curtain comes down, and you want to just hear, like, you know, Porky Pig come out going, that's all, folks, and the story's over. But instead of Porky coming out, Something interesting happens. There's a, little, there's a little encore to this. And Arnold Schwarzenegger comes out. And he says, I'll be back. And he says it over and over and over again. If you have a red letter day, this is what took me by surprise because I don't have red letters. I read a Bible this week. It has red, Jesus' words are in red letters. And all of a sudden it's like, boom, boom, boom. Verse, verse 6, behold. I'm coming soon. Verse 12, behold, I'm coming soon. And then this one, I'm coming soon. I mean, he, he wants you to know the end of the story is not what you think the end of the story. The end of the story is, I'm coming. And here's it, I'm coming soon. Some versions say, I'm coming quickly. I'm coming soon. The theological term for this is imminent. It's the imminent return of Jesus. It could happen any day. It could happen right now. What it's basically saying is all, this, all the prophecy is fulfilled about Jesus. There's nothing that needs to be added. All the work is done. It's been finished on the cross. Nothing else needs to happen between the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus, ascension into heaven, and his coming again. It could come at any It could come today. It could come before this service is over. It could come later on at halftime if the Cardinals aren't doing too well. It could come... <laughs> Any t- it could come at any moment. It might be another thousand years, but it might be today. It might be tomorrow. The imminent return of Jesus. Now, I don't know about you, but I, that's not high on my radar screen. I mean, we're from the tradition. We spend a lot of time on the cross of Jesus, the death of Jesus. And you, you can't spend too much time there. I mean, to talk about forgiveness of our sin, to talk about grace, to talk like we're saying, I'm redeemed, I'm set free. I mean, I could go on that message forever. It, how do you get any better than that? We spend a lot of time, most of our time on the cross. We spend a good deal of our time on, on the resurrection of Jesus. He's risen, new life, his presence, his spirit, his empowerment. Depending on the season, we, we spend some time on his birth, like now, Christmas coming up. We just don't spend a lot of time on Jesus is coming soon. I mean, really, when's the last time you've spent any time thinking about that? When's the last time you just 
expectantly started thinking that, you know, he could come. I got to tell you, I, I have to confess to you, I don't think I've ever preached a message on this scripture in my life. I've been in ministry like forever, 37 years, 38 years, hundreds of sermons. I don't think I've ever preached this. I don't, I'm not proud of that. I'm not sure I spent very many days this last year thinking about Jesus could come again. I'm not sure I'm entering into 2017 with the thought, you know, this could be the year Christ comes again. But when I look back at, at the New Testament, that church, they couldn't wait. I mean, there's 27 books in the New Testament. 24 of them speak of the return of Christ. The three that don't are only a chapter long, and there's not much room to put everything in there. There's 260 chapters in the New Testament, 300 references to the return of Jesus. And they're expectant. It's like, it's like the response here. Jesus is coming soon. And the response, come, Lord Jesus. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Come now, Lord Jesus. Paul says it's the most distinguishing mark of us as, as followers of Christ. Because everyone else is dead set on this earth. Their, their mind is focused. Their, their energy is focused. Their life is focused. Their resources are focused on today and now and what's here and what I can accumulate. You know, can all I get all I can? Can all I get? Sit on the can. This is, this is what I want right now. Paul says, you know what distinguishes us? We're citizens of heaven. And one day the Savior of heaven the king of heaven is coming back, and he's coming back soon. Come quickly, was the New Testament. Come now. They had, a little, they had a little saying that just said, Maranatha, Greek term, one word that meant he's coming soon, and come quickly. So that they greeted one another, Maranatha. They walk out, and they're on the street, they see Maranatha. They leave a home fellowship, Maranatha. There's little things that we ever now and again throw out about the early church. Often they would say, the Lord is risen, and everyone would respond, he's risen indeed. They'd draw little fishes in the, you know, little fish in, in the sand, nicthus, that meant Jesus Christ, Lord. And they would greet each other, not shalom, they would greet one another, maranatha, means he's coming, come quickly, come now, eager, expecting, please, come now. We've kind of lost that, haven't we? I mean, if I really believed that, I would think differently. I would act differently. So I, 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 mean, I don't know if I'll ever do another sermon on this or not, but for now, I'm fired up. I want to remind you, Maranatha. I want you to remind each other. I want you to remind me, Maranatha. I want you to go through this Christmas season. Not only Jesus came, but Maranatha, he's coming again. Every time they said Maranatha, what it means is, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm going to be ready. Because all through the New Testament, there are those described as those who are ready, those who are not ready. Two men standing in the field, one ready, one not ready. I want to be like the one ready. Ten bridesmaids going to a wedding feast, five ready, five not ready. Ready ones go to the feast, not ready, miss it. I want to be ready. During the days of Noah, 
everyone was just going through life, not even living in all this nasty sin stuff. They were just eating, drinking, marrying, giving over in marriage. They were just doing daily life. But one person was ready. Noah, I want to be ready. What's ready mean? What's ready look like? I think ready is, I mean, the, the easy thing is, you know, I want to repent of my sin. I don't, I don't want a bunch of sin if Jesus comes again. If I told you Jesus Christ is coming again at 2 o'clock and it was confirmed this afternoon, I have a feeling we would have a third service that would last right about till 2 o'clock. You guys would be here, you would, you know, you'd be getting it all out. You'd be getting it all out. Clean it all up right now because he's come. I know that. I mean, I don't have to tell you that. That's an easy one. But I, I just know in my own life, it's not even, it's not even sin. It's just stuff. It's just stuff I fill my life with that I think I'd clean up if I knew he was coming. It's just junk. It's, it's, it's my focus, it's my, it's my values, it's... I remember hearing a pastor one time talk about this, and he said he'd, he'd gone to a theater production with his family, and he was sitting next to his wife's grandmother. And about intermission time, they kind of had a halftime thing, he looked over, her, or, over at her, and she, he said, how, how, do you, how do you like it? And she goes, I, I don't want to be here. And he goes, well, it's not anything bad. And he goes, no, I, just don't, I don't want to be here if Christ comes back again. He looks at her. He goes, I just, you know, I, I, I could be praying. I could be praying for you. I could be praying for the church. I could be serving somebody. I could be, I could be just opening my house and being hospitable. I could be helping somebody. I could be encouraging somebody. I could be writing a letter. Jesus was on his whole list of things. He goes, if Christ comes again, I don't want to be in this theater sitting here. And he looks over at her like, well, thanks for spoiling my time, you know. <laughs> And then he says, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't even enjoy the second half of the production. I'm looking over at her, and, and then I got to thinking, I wonder if she knows something. <laughs> now, you could go crazy with this. You could just go weird with it. I know people do. I mean, in, in fact, there's two responses. One, when it comes to the end of the world, there's, there's desperation. Some people are just in despair. The world's ending, or, oh, I can't go on, or, oh, fool, God can come and help me. There's just desperation. The second thing is there's just weirdness. You know what I mean? They're just weird. People get weird when it comes to this. I have a family member <clears throat> who believes more than, more than life itself that the world is going to end before the inauguration of our president. <laughs> she thinks it's going to end. And she has a whole story to tell with it. And, and she's warning people on Facebook and warning through email and that kind of stuff. You know, don't get the chip and don't, you know. There's just, you know... It, some of you might be kind of like that. I'm, I don't want to offend you, but some people get weird. So the Lord is going to come again. It's going to be May 23rd, 245. Sell everything, get a white robe, and meet me in the parking lot. You know, and their eyes are all wild and that kind of thing. I know that. I know it could be either one of those. But what this grandma was saying is, is you know, I know God's called me to something. I know God's gifted me. I know I, know I can make a difference. I know... I mean, if it's not that I, I can't live life and enjoy life and have recreation, I can do that. But some of us have gone so far over there that we, I want to, be, if the Lord comes tomorrow, I want him to find me faithful. That's what she's saying. I want, him, I want him to find me hard at it. 
You know, I want him to find me sold out. I don't want to be like the lazy servant that buries his gift. I want, I want him to, to, to recognize it. You know, that's ready. I want to be ready. Come, Lord Jesus. Being ready, I think, is, is, is kind of my values would be different. The way, I, the way I even look at life, the way I think. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I've mentioned here before, I've had, a, I've had a spinal cord injury about six, seven years ago, and, and so my mobility is lacking. And uh, a couple of weeks ago, I, I fell. I fell down. Now, I don't know how many of you fall down. It's, it, it's surprising to me more of you do than you expect. Every, I've told somebody this a couple of weeks ago at another church, and they just, I had like four people go, I fell down too. I didn't know that many people fall down. It's devastating to fall down. I've only fallen down four times since my injury, which I'm pretty thankful for. A couple times I've caught myself on a chair. One time I, I, I did the ski thing where I, I fell, you know, just sat down on a nice round pile of, of leaves and grass, and it was a smooth landing. But a couple of weeks ago, I fell flat on my face. I mean, I face planted in my own home. Boom. And I can't tell you. I, you know, I'm checking out everything. Anything broken? Anything hurt? No, everything's all right. But my spirit was shattered. I mean, I was desperate. God, I, I hate this. I can't stand it. I don't want to do this anymore. I'm laying here until I die. And I thought, I've eaten about three years' worth of meals. I ain't dying in a long time. I'm going to lay here a long time waiting for that. So I crawled to my bed, climbed up in my bed and lay there. And... But this message speaks to me. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that stinks, Don. Be sad. Be angry. Be hurt. But Don, 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 Jesus is coming soon. It makes a difference. You want to find him find you laying like that? <laughs> Feeling sorry for yourself? Is that what you want to do? Hey, Jesus is coming soon. He redeems those kind of things when he comes going to make it all new. Jesus is coming, and he's coming soon. Now, you might not fall flat on your face physically, but you know what I'm doing? You know what I'm talking about? Coming in the Christmas season, you lost somebody in your life, some family member, and you're devastated. The pain, the hurt, the grief, Jesus is coming soon. You fall flat on your face. Emotionally, you're, you're hurting. Financially, you, 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 you've, been, you've been rolled over and bulldozed. Maybe you've had a doctor's report that just, boom. Is it. Maybe you've fallen back into this addiction that you can't get out of, and you, you're there again. You can't believe it. You're flat on your face, and you're going, I can't do it anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. I don't know what to do. Jesus is coming soon. Be sad, grieve, 
Ecclesiastes says there's a time for everything. But don't grieve forever. Don't lay there forever. Jesus is coming soon. Get back up. Keep on going. He makes a difference. And you take it on the other end of it. Maybe everything's going great. Maybe you've got to raise this, this, this year. Maybe you're going to get a big bonus from work. You're already, you know, you're like Chevy Chase. You got your pool all figured out back there and all that. You're, or fruitcakes or whatever the thing that you got. You, maybe, maybe your child is on the honor roll. Finally, you get the bumper sticker, you know. Maybe everything's going good. Maybe you bought a Maserati. Yahoo! And you got this Maserati. Enjoy it. Rejoice. Have fun. Celebrate. But Jesus is coming soon. Guess what? The Maserati stays when you go. The bank account stays. All the accolades stay. There's something else to focus on than just that because Jesus is coming soon. Come quickly. Maranatha. Maranatha. Come quickly. So some of us when we hear this, we respond like the early church did, like, like I did in 1971. Come quickly. Come on. Come on. Come on, Jesus. Come on. Some of us hear this and we're more like this. Come on. Come on. You kidding me? Come on. Jesus is coming. Come on. Soon. Huh? Come on. If you have your Bibles or up on the screen, 2 Peter chapter 3. Starting in verse 3, he, he speaks to this. Let me just go through a few of these first with you and, and uh, listen to what he has to say. For, for those who, not, who, who go, come on. Verse 3, 2 Peter chapter 3. This is a disciple of Jesus, by the way, who walked with Jesus all. He kind of knows Jesus' heart and mind. He says that, as he's kind of talking about the Lord's coming again, he says in verse 3, most importantly, I want to remind you that in the last days, scoffers will come mocking the truth and following their own desires. They will say, what happened to that promise that Jesus is coming again? You know, mockers and scoffers. Peter said, just get, get used to it. They're going to like, Jesus, come on, Jesus is coming again soon? Really? What happened to that? I mean, you really believe, it's like you are the stupidest person in the world. There's nothing more silly. You believe that fairy tale, that myth. Oh, yeah, Jesus is coming again. Uh-huh. He's going to come with his little angels up in the sky. He's going to roll the clouds back. And going to be, yeah, Jesus, uh-huh, right. And then he's going to take people and put those over there and, and those over there. And they're going to go to heaven. And those people are going to go to hell, yeah, with, the, with little devils, right, with little horns and pitchfork. Yeah, you believe that? Yeah, uh-huh. Are we living in that time or not? Mockers and scoffers. It's not a surprise to us that there's mockers and scoffers. I mean, thousands of years ago he's talking about that. I'm not worried about that. What I'm worried about is what that does to you. What that does to you. Because of those mockers and scoffers, what does it do to you when you think about Jesus is coming soon? Are you embarrassed? Are you ashamed? 
Like, well, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not touching that one. Can't I just like deal with all this other stuff and not just let's leave that one there? I'm not going to work with that one. I'm having a hard enough time saying Merry Christmas, not alone Merry Christmas. And oh, by the way, with your eyes open, Jesus is coming soon. I'm not doing that. They're going to think I'm in the weird category. I'm, I'm, so, I'm so worried about what people are going to say or think that even when I have a loved one that I'd love to sit down with and go, you know, Jesus is coming soon. I believe that. I'm ready. And I want you to be ready. Can't tell you about that. That we won't even go there because of the, of the mockers and the scoffers. Some of us that have, that have been in the church a long time, we don't go there because of that. In fact, here's the argument. From before the times of our ancestors, everything has remained the same since the world was first created. They deliberately forget that God has made the heavens long ago by the word of his command, and he brought the earth out from the water, surrounded it with water, then he used the water to destroy the ancient world with a mighty flood, and the same word that, that present, presents heaven and, and earth has been stored up for fire. They're being kept from the day of judgment when ungodly people will be destroyed. They're saying, you know, you go back all our ancestors, go grandma, grandpa, grandpa, great, 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 all the way back to the beginning of time. It's just the sun comes up, sun goes down, sun comes up, sun goes down. Seasons come, seasons go, life changes, but it stays the same. He's not come. He's, there's, no, there's no reason to think that he's coming again. Look, at thousands of years history has gone on. That's like saying, uh, you, you think I'm going to die? I'm not going to die. Why would I, why, why you think, you want me to expect me to believe that I'm going to die? I've never died before. Why should, I, why should I believe that I'm going to die? I mean, I would have died already, right? No. The world's going to come to an end, and it only does that once. <laughs> One time. When it ends, it ends. It's over. And Peter says, just, just God spoke it all in a word, and the waters formed and the earth formed. And in a word, let me just tell you, you don't have to go too far back in history when the waters just consumed the earth again and destroyed the ancient world. Same way in a word, not, not with water this time, but with fire. It's going to be over with. Ah, oh. ah. Oh. Then he says this, but you must not forget this one thing, dear friends. A day is like a thousand years to the Lord, and a thousand years is like a day. Don't forget that. Hasn't happened yet. Some of us think, well, it's not going to happen. 1971, I thought it was going to happen, but since then, I haven't thought much about it, so it must not going to be happening. And he says, listen, God's perspective of time is a lot different than yours. He's infinite. He's eternal. He thinks about time different. I think about time differently than I did when I was younger. Remember when we thought Christmas would never come? How long it takes for Christmas to get here? Now I'm thinking, didn't we just have this like last month? Is it Christmas already? You know, we thought we'd never get out of elementary school. And then by the time you're a senior in high school, it's flying by. Four years of college goes by so fast, some of you go eight years of college just to kind of get it all. It goes boom, 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 boom. I think of life differently than my kids did, do. 
who have little children in diapers and they think life is you know barely moving along or my grandkids i think of a life my perspective is a lot different for 40 years to wait for something is nothing in, in eternity wait for the cubs to win the world series for well, nothing comes to <laughs> eternity i mean i, I consider and go man this year has gone by so fast it it feels like a month and the lord would say well Last thousand years feels like a day to me. And his, his perspective's different. So, so then he says this. The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he's being patient for your sake. He doesn't want anyone to be destroyed. He wants everyone to repent. His patience, his his holding back his wrath and judgment is not a weakness, it's a strength because he doesn't want anyone destroyed. If I wait just a little bit longer, maybe you'll be ready. There have been times this last year, some of you have not been ready. Aren't you glad? He's patient. Didn't show up on that day or at that season of your life. He's patient. But it's very, very apparent that it's going to happen. Verse 10 says, says this. Look at the words will that comes in this. But the day of the Lord will come as unexpectedly as a thief. It's going to happen. You're not going to know it. It's laying in bed, 6 a.m., life's good, boom, earthquake comes, life changed. Laying in bed, 6 to 7 a.m., 9-11 hits, boom, life changes. It comes unexpectedly, but it will come. Then the heavens will pass away with a terrible noise. And the very elements themselves will disappear in fire. And the earth and everything on it will be found to deserve judgment. Not maybe, not I think, not the way it seems to be shaping up, not if I can kind of figure it out, I think this is going to... He is definitely set. It will happen. You can call me crazy. I believe that. It will one day. Lord is coming back soon. Come quickly, the church says. Come quickly. I want to close with, I don't think it's on the screen. I was just reading it in between services. I think it's a better fitting ending for us. Verse 17 of that chapter says this. You already know these things, dear friends. You know Jesus is coming back. You already know this. So be on guard. Be on guard then you will not be carried away by the errors of these wicked people and lose your own secure footing. Rather, you must grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. All glory to him both now and forever. Don't let the mockers and the scoffers cause you to lose your way, lose your footing. Grow in his grace, his knowledge. This Christmas... We're going to have trees, and we're going to have carols, and we're going to have all the beauty of Christmas that reminds us Jesus Christ intersected history and came to this earth. 
We're so thankful for that. He went to the cross, took your sin, my sin, redeemed us, gave us life. Wow, what a, what a, what a time of celebration. the same time he's coming again in the same way he's coming again revelation says the spirit and the bride say come jesus said i'm coming again the church says come quickly and he says to those who are who are wondering where they're at if they're ready or not come the Holy Spirit and the bride, the church, say, come. Every Sunday we get together. The Holy Spirit comes down upon this place. And the bride, the church, stands up and gives a testimony. Come to Jesus. Come to me. Are you labored, belabored, belabored heavy, heavy laden? Come. Come unto me, let us reason. Though your sins be as scarlet, they'll be white as snow. Come. Come. This Christmas, before he comes again, because he's already come, will you come to Jesus? Will you give it all to him? Because he's coming back. And when he does, that's going to be a great day. It's going to be a day like no other. And what we thought was the end is just the beginning. Will you pray with me? Lord, I thank you for this promise. It changes everything. You take our perspective off ourselves and off this earth to what's ahead of your kingdom. Lord, I pray that even today, as you stir in hearts, there will be those that would open it up with a simple prayer. Jesus, come in. I want to be ready. For all of us, we invite you into our homes. We invite you to our families. We invite you to this church, into this community. Show yourself strong. Illuminate us. Enlighten us. Encourage us. Give us hope that we might be found faithful, that we might grow in our grace and knowledge of you that we might be ready because we believe Jesus Christ is coming again soon. In your name we pray. And the church said the great Greek word, not amen, Maranatha. God bless you. You're dismissed.